Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast here on the Legal Talk Network. Uh, If you were looking for a new cure for bunions, um, actually, you should probably just keep that to yourself. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Winston Zedmore, I always appreciated your ghost-busting skill. Um, as always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa. And in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. I'm also the COO of Guinean Software, Inc., which offers chatbots, a first-to-market chatbot builder, and predictive analytics created specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. You can also listen to my other other podcast, The Lobby List, a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica, on iTunes. So subscribe, rate, and comment because I don't have enough to do. Hosting another podcast seemed like a logical choice. But here on The Legal Toolkit, we provide you twice each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about Max in the Law. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. Answer One is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWER-1 or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. We would like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central, cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small, www.timesolve.com, without the E, T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V.com. And my guest today is Tom Lambot, who is the CEO and founder of Global Mac IT. Global Mac IT is the largest and fastest growing managed service provider in the world for small to medium high growth Mac-based law firms. He's the author of Hassle-Free Mac IT Support for Law Firms, Legal Boost, Big Profits Through an IT Transformation, and Macs in Law, the definitive guide for the Mac-curious Windows-using attorney. Tom is a highly sought-after speaker at many industry events, such as ABA Tech Show and Mac Track Legal. Tom's been published in Law Practice Today, Law Practice Magazine, The Mac Lawyer, and Attorney at Work. So if you're in legal circles and you're a Mac person, he's your guy. Welcome to the big show, Tom. Hi, Jared. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So it's a travesty that I have not yet had you on this show. It's, I've been doing this for like 10 years. I, I don't know what happened, so I'm, my apologies. It's never too late to redeem yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what I'm going to try to do. All right. Let's start off like talking about your your family life, which is kind of wild, right? You have four kids and two bulldogs. And that's just amazing to me. Like kids I can handle, but kids and dogs are a little much. So can you tell me as an outside observer who's a little concerned, what's harder to manage, the kids or the dogs? Well, 
My eldest bulldog is turning 13 in a few months, which is ancient in bulldog years. He's old, he's grumpy, he's deaf now. So anytime he's around the kids, he growls. He's literally sectioned off from the kids all day long. So that's a constant stress. Bonus for him is he gets to be the office mascot. So he gets to come to work with me. Oh, nice. That being said, the kids win hands down. Uh, They're nonstop. (laughs) I've been wanting to get a t-shirt that says, yes, good observation. They are a handful. Good job, Captain Obvious. <laughs> you know, if I had a quarter every time, wow, you've got your hands full. Wow, you're really observant. No, they're, they're great. I love them. They're blast, uh, but they're definitely harder than the dogs. And that would have probably sufficed as an answer for this question as well. But that's cool. So take your dog to work day is like every day at your office. Yes. Cool. Yes. When, when I go in, I, I go in two to three days a week and I work from home the rest of the time. Oh, nice. All right. So let's talk about Max and the Law because that's why we're here. So Max and the Law office has been a thing for a long time. I've been doing consulting for like 12 years or so, and I always remember this being a topic of discussion. But Macs have actually started to become used more regularly in law practice, and I think this is a trend that continues. And I think a lot of people talk about that anecdotally. So let me ask you, like, why do you believe that from an anecdotal standpoint? And then are there stats that actually like back up that assumption? Uh, yes, I do believe that to be true. The, you know, the stats do back it up. Uh, so I've got some both real world evidence as well as a uh, small kind of finger in the wind kind of stuff. So here's some fun numbers. So it, according to the 2018 Legal Technology Survey Report, 14% of solo attorneys reported using Mac OS as their primary computer operating system and 9% of the firms with two to nine lawyers on staff. Okay. So if we look at the numbers, there's 1.3 million attorneys, uh, according to the 2016 U.S. lawyer demographics. Three quarters of those are in private practice. So that's just under a million. 49% of those are solos. Okay, And then 14% of the solos using Macs is about 67,000 solo Mac using attorneys. And then out of the 20% that are in private practice in firms with two to nine lawyers, 9% of that, I know it's all confusing, especially on a podcast. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Uh, but there's 17,550 lawyers on max with two to nine lawyers. Okay. So bottom line, 67,000 solo attorneys using max, estimated 17,000 attorneys in firms with two to nine attorneys. Okay, so you're not alone. Those numbers are likely skewed, right? I mean, who's most likely to respond to a technology survey? Yeah, kind of tech-savvy attorneys, right? But still, either way, you're not alone. And, and then my non-official, you know, finger-in-the-air stats, Brad Stump, who is our training and development specialist on my team, he's invited twice a year to support the bar applicants taking the exam. Uh, he provides IT help. So he's got a lot of free time during the day. So he's gotten into the habit of counting Max. Okay, sleepy people count sheep. Mac nerds count Max. <laughs> So the most recent group, uh, it was actually a smaller group. This came in at 50% uh, of people taking the bar using Max, while all of his prior tests have been right around 64%. Okay, so that's a big chunk of people coming out of law school, taking the bar that are already using Max. So if you take that along with the fact that it keeps getting easier to start up your own practice, you know, compared to just five years ago, even 10 years ago, um, I'm confident that this trend is going to continue to go upward. You know, nowadays, the practice of law really doesn't care what operating system you're using. 
Okay, five years ago, using a Mac was really for the diehard Mac users. They found a way to make it work, right? They didn't have access to all the web-based solutions that are now accessible, you know, available everywhere. Clio and Rocket Matter were only five years old back then. You know, accepting the cloud was still kind of a new cutting edge kind of thing. Now it's 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 a non-issue. So I think it's gonna keep expanding. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great take on this. And I have two confessions to make. Confession number one is that I do count Macs from time to time. So whenever I do a presentation at a law school versus a presentation for like a bar association, I'm Mac counting at the law school. And I'll tell you there's like 90% for me of the students of law sc- at law schools who are using Macs. There you go. I like that. <clears throat> now, confession number two is I've never actually used a Mac. So please don't hate me. Um, I was just going to ask that and I, we can just finish early. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. This was fun. <laughs> That's a wrap. <laughs> I have nothing against Macs. I've just never used them. So I do have an interest in people who use Macs, though, which is kind of a weird thing to say, but it's true. And I know a lot of attorneys who use Macs, so I kind of have some uh, currency with it. So let me ask you this. Like, I think from a non-Mac user, the impression that people get is that the reason you should use a Mac because they're so easy to use and run. And there's been this thing that people have said for years now, which is like, well, Macs never get viruses and that kind of thing. So because you make money, I'm assuming that people actually do need IT support when they're using Macs. So what level of IT service does a Mac-based law firm require? And like, how does that differ from a firm that's based on PCs? So it definitely depends largely on the size of the firm, right? So firms with 10 or more people, uh, or at least on a trajectory for growth, right, to reach that size, have a level of complexity that requires professional IT services. So when, when you've got six, seven, eight, nine, you know, definitely above 10, when you're keeping manage the management of technology in-house, uh, either as the managing partner who handles the IT as well, or an office manager or firm administrator, it simply doesn't make sense. You know, the, the, the other alternative is whoever the person that knows most about technology ends up being the IT expert. Okay. Never mind that they went to law school past the bar and should be billing at 250 or 450 bucks an hour. When your printer breaks, that's the person you interrupt. So, you know, the irony is that there's far too many areas that they need to be experts in and really understand in order to properly leverage the technology within a firm. Okay. So, uh, you know, the, the biggest expense for law firms is the cost of labor. So, if you've got 10 people on your team and your payroll is at least I don't know, half a million a year or something like that. You're spending, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year per month on labor. But if you don't have efficient technology systems, whether it's for security, for backups, for maintenance, you know, making sure that the the, the root cause of issues gets fixed as opposed to the same issue coming up over and over and over again, uh, or having an office manager just do her best at keeping some duct tape and keeping it working, right? It just doesn't make sense. So whether it's PCs or Macs, you have to have a technology strategy in place that first reduces your risk and stability issues and then has a continual process to go through and increase productivity, okay? That's the real job of technology. Um, A a lot of people don't get that mindset. They go, oh, I need a computer because I have to type on Word and do email. So I have a computer, now I'm good and I'm there. Uh, But there's, there's so much left on the table that's never tapped into if you don't have the right IT provider, you know, the right partner to do that. 
No, that's so true. And one of my biggest pet peeves with law firms is when they're like, oh, we have like the new associate doing IT for us. Like that's such a colossal waste of time and money. Um, but so many law firms do it. That's a good point you make on the security issue in terms of IT support. And we're going to talk about that after the break. So let's take a break now. Go get a Kit Kat bar. And here are some of the other things you should buy. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. They're more than just an answering service. Answer One's available 24 7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. Answer One helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800 Answer One or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. FirmCentral cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With FirmCentral, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Thanks for staying with us. I'm trying to fix the lazy Susan. My wife has told me to do that, but I'm back now. I'm here talking with Tom Lambot of Global Mac IT, and we're here podcasting about Macs in the law. So as Tom referenced in his last answer, let's take a turn towards system security. Nobody really likes to talk about it. People are kind of frightened by it. So what is the biggest security threat that Mac lawyers are not addressing? The biggest issue is that I'm a Mac and you, Jared, are a PC. Sorry, that was a really bad joke from a commercial <laughs> years say, ago. Like, it took a moment um, to register. <laughs> I, I, no. I, the PC is lame. Yes. I can't believe you so named the, the PC. The, the biggest, right, I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> but you admitted it. You know, that's okay. So the biggest issue is being far too lackadaisical towards security because they are on Macs. Okay. And this is something I've, I've been seeing. It for years and years, you know, most people go, oh, I'm on a Mac. We don't, Macs don't get viruses, so I'm good. Okay. It's the same thinking process that I run into when I find a law firm who's been supported by a Windows com- IT company who met the law firm. They said, oh, you have Macs? Yeah, well, Macs are computers. We support computers, so we can support Macs. And it's just, it doesn't make sense. And they always end up being let down, but that's a different topic because we're talking about security. So the problem when they think, oh, I don't need to worry about viruses, so I'm good. And they don't really take any, they don't take further measures. The biggest threat with security is that the entire threat landscape has changed. Okay, the threats nowadays aren't about viruses. It's not just CryptoLocker. You know, it's not, oh, haha, that attorney got hit by CryptoLocker. That really sucks. But I have a Mac, so I'm all good. You know, the, the majority of threats that are coming in are through the web, right? They're through third-party hosts being hacked and having a data breach. And the password that you use, you know, your your one of three passwords that you have, because everyone has three, right? They've got their one really lame, easy password, Then the bank one day said, hey, you can't use that one anymore. So they took the one really lame, easy password and they added an exclamation mark at the end. And they're like, wow, 
no one's ever going to get that. And then another day they had to create one that was a little more complex because they needed a number in there too. So it's lame password exclamation mark five. Okay. So the problem is if you're using that everywhere and then Netflix gets hacked and most people go, I don't care if people hack Netflix and they know that I binge watch Gilmore Girls, that doesn't matter. I don't. I'm by not the saying way. I do that either. <laughs> and but what, but then what the criminals do? They take the username, the email address, and the password, and they put it for sale on the dark web. Criminals buy this and they use it to hack in and, and attempt to log into all your other services. Okay, so email breaches are extremely common nowadays, and a lot of further damage starts through email. Okay, through being uh, spoofed or fished, right, or different terms you might have heard. So you need to take proactive measures to protect yourself against that. You need to have some kind of DNS filtering service, right, that reduces the likelihood of being fished and blocking those websites. You need to do end user training, like, hey, here's how to spot a phishing email. They are getting more and more and more advanced. You know, it's no longer the emails from your friend who's, hey, I'm in Africa and I need $18 million, you know, or something bad's going to happen, right? Broken in, written in broken English. I mean, it's written properly. The URLs, like so many different things, they're able to do really well. And so if you're at ease and you're like, oh, we're on Max, we don't have to worry about it, but you've never teach, taught your staff how to look out for these, you're going to get hit. It's not a matter of the size of your firm. We see people having close calls very often. You know, just a week ago, there was CEO fraud, really close call for one of our clients. Someone got into their email account. They sent, or or actually, no, someone got into one of their vendor's email accounts. They sent an email to the client. They said, hey, transfer the money to this bank number. Okay, fortunately, they caught it. But we've had many close calls like this. So... It, it, it's very easy, and, and Mac users can get hit very easily, just as much as Windows users. Okay, they don't get viruses, absolutely, but the threat is, is absolutely there. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, that's, a, that's a good starting point for this. And I, I do not binge watch Gilmore Girls, but I may binge watch Fuller House. So let's leave that aside for now, and let's talk about how to solve this, right? So there are these threats out there. They're kind of new school threats, which people may not be aware of. So how can Mac law firms protect themselves in this new environment? So that is a giant question in and of itself. I don't know how you want me to answer it, but I did plan ahead a little bit. Um, <laughs> Good. You know, it's not a single answer, right, to answer it all. Just a quick, quick little blurb on ourselves here. So one thing I did, we put together a free report, okay, that makes use of some of the latest technologies built into the Mac. They can go to globalmacit.com forward slash nine tips. So the number nine T-I-P-S. Okay. Uh, And if you want to go over there, we've got a whole bunch of tips uh, of kind of security features that are built into your Mac and how you can kind of, you know, turn them all on and boom, you've got improved security. Now that definitely doesn't cover everything. You know, you want to use, you know, scanning software, security software on your Mac. You want to you know, we use uh, Cisco Umbrella, which is kind of a DNS filter, which automatically blocks, you know, phishing websites and known bad agents and different things like that. Uh, there, we use, um, we also have a product called Dark Web ID, which monitors the dark web proactively. So it scans 24-7 for your domain. So let's say redcavelegal.com, if I'm correct there. Pretty good, yes. Um, and anytime a new 
hit is found, it alerts you as soon as it happens. So it shows you the username and password that's currently for sale on the dark web. You can go into your password manager or into your head and compare against your three passwords and go, hey, is any one of those passwords something I use anywhere else? If it is, you go and change your password proactively, right? Just like if you found out that someone had a key to your house, you wouldn't waste a lot of time, you would go out and change all the door locks. So there's things you can do proactively. Those, those are just a couple different tips there. Best way if you want in-depth, you know, play-by-play -play how to set them up and what to do on your Mac, uh, again, go to globalmacit.com forward slash number nine T-I-P-S. Yeah, check that out, everybody. Um, all right, this has been a good discussion so far. Thank you, Tom. Um, now, while I think about uh, who will ultimately take the Iron Throne, listen to these words from our sponsors. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolv, leave off the e.com. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V dot com. Thanks for coming back again. Uh, let's get back to our conversation with Tom Lambot of Global Mac IT, who's talking to me about Mac law firms. And let's find out even more. Uh, but before we get to that, I have to say, Tom has just revealed to me that he has an amazing Thomas the Tank Engine impression of the conductor i believe there are ch there are children shows i kind of try not to watch thomas the tank engine caillou are two of them but i feel like this deserves to see the light of day tom is <laughs> the conductor is that it, oh, sorry. It, it is it, it is the conductor okay uh you know when you have four kids there's certain shows you have to watch over and over and over uh, <laughs> so but one of my impressions here is thomas and percy you have caused confusion and delay that kind of happens on every show. So, yeah. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> Have you ever seen the movie Sing? With like the singing animals? No. Oh, man. All right. You got to see that one. Uh, check <laughs> right. that one out. I do an impression of the dad who's in prison while his son's singing an Elton John song that is tremendous. So Go for we'll it. Get, we'll get context. <laughs> I'm going to yell into the microphone and Adam's going to kill me. But we'll get some context. We'll have you on again, and then I will throw down on that. <laughs> Deal. But that was a truly tremendous Thomas the Tank Engine conductor impression, and I just wanted to leave that out there for people. All right, let's talk about law and Max again. So I'm wondering, like, how do you deal with DIY lawyers who kind of like to handle their own stuff? And I would guess that, like, knowing some folks in the Mac community, that this is a highly prevalent thing for lawyers who use Macs. So vendors, professionals like you, how do you kind of break through that area? And I think this is kind of an important topic for lawyers as well, because they're more and more often now dealing with DIY clients. So like any tips you have on that would be great. 
Yeah. You know, it's funny. For for years, the way I dealt with them is I said, sorry, I can't help you. I say that tongue in cheek, but it's true. You know, as the company grew, so we started the company 11 years ago. For the first few years, I was doing hourly consulting, working with, you know, anyone, primarily solo attorneys. As the business grew and expanded, we grew a team and so forth, moved into managed services. Maybe six, seven years ago, we set a five user minimum. Uh, and then last year, we moved that up to 10 users. So essentially, anyone with less than 10 users, we weren't able to support. So I said, hey, I'm going to give you as much value on the call that we have, and I'm going to have to refer you to someone else that you could work with. So essentially, you know, I wasn't able to do anything. The problem with do-it-yourself attorneys, I mean, it makes sense that the large majority of Mac-using attorneys are doing it themselves because the path for the majority is they leave big law or they, they're at a point where they start up a new firm. They have Macs at home. They're familiar with them. They work. They're easy. They're sick and tired of dealing with a blue you know, screen of death, Patch Tuesday, and IT departments having you know all kinds of issues all the time. So they say, hey, I'm going to set up my law firm on Mac so it's easy and so I don't have to deal with IT people. You know, That's a lot of the, of the kind of thinking that goes behind it. The problem is then they start building a Rube Goldberg machine, right? They get a piece of duct tape and some zip ties and they they just do a patchwork of all this, this kind of stuff, which it works for them and it makes perfect sense inside their own head. But then once they start hiring, you know, first, second, third person, it becomes more complex to manage. So for years, I wasn't able to help him. I said, hey, you know, good luck. You can go to MacTrack Legal and get some tips. Uh, a great event, uh, but it's more focused on, you know, specific solutions, not as much as how to build a solid technology foundation, you know, for your law practice. So for a long time, I wasn't able to help them at all. Gotcha. Um, and you, you just recently, you told me, had like this eureka moment, this aha moment about DIY in the space. So tell everybody, what did you realize What's going to eventually end up coming out of that? Yeah, so this is you know the the podcast is legal toolkit, right? It's it's I like hey, so, give yes. me a tool that I can add. <laughs> so we haven't <laughs> talked about that. Um, what what hit me a few months ago is that th- there's so many attorneys out there that want to do it right, but they don't have the guidance or the resources or the directions or the tools to do it. Specifically, I'm talking about the Mac using attorneys, of course. And I've had a lot of calls over the years saying, hey, Tom, we're, we're starting a brand new law firm. I don't know if you'll work with us, but we've got two, three, four people. And, you know, what should we do? And, and for years, I had to just say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't work with you. And so my aha is that there's so many do-it-yourself people. You know, what, what I'm familiar with is the extreme of the do-it-yourself world. Uh, the resources out there that you find if you're a Mac using attorney and dig, there's a Milo Google group. In my personal plane, it's not extremely helpful. It's a lot of old school mindset about, hey, how mm-hmm. can we fix our six, six-year-old iMac and replace the hard drive in it? And, you know, how can we save a few bucks on a printer? And um, probably going <laughs> to upset some people here, but I'm okay with that. No, that's that's um, about right. You know, and, and so there's not a lot of really, you know, and, and it's it's technology advice from attorneys who like technology. Right. And there's very little resources. And if someone goes out there and and I think there's a lot of DIY people that are like, hey, I know I can do it myself, but I'd love a blueprint. I'd love a guidebook. I'd love a few steps so I know I'm doing it right. And so what we're actually working on this year is we're going to last year we focused on going upstream and we raised the bar for our managed services to a 10 user minimum. And that's going really well. And I think it's it's really the sweet spot for a value that we can provide. But I don't want to alienate everyone below the 10 because the majority of the Mac users are 
is everyone under the 10, right? The solo attorneys is 14% compared to 9% of, of lawyers in, in two to nine uh, attorney firms. So it, it's it's a much bigger uh, kind of market there. And what we're actually working on that we're going to be releasing this year, first is a product called Basic Care. And Basic Care is going to be a turnkey piece of software that you install on your Mac, and it's going to take care of Apple and security updates, third-party software updates. It's going to do proactive maintenance, and it's going to do proactive monitoring. So most people, if you hear, oh, software updates, I can install software updates myself. Yeah, but there was a Microsoft Outlook and Microsoft Word update last year. As soon as it came out, tons of people installed it, and it broke a whole bunch of things. Um, There was an iTunes update Apple released a few years back. When it was installed, it blocked users out of their home folder. Um, for those who don't speak Mac, that's everything. <laughs> Good. Um, I did not know so what that meant. <laughs> the, yeah. So the difference that our software does, we actually test and verify all the updates and the impact. We make sure it doesn't break anything. Once it's been verified, then we install the update. Uh, it also mutes all the software update notices that you get all the time. All the, you know, Word's got an update. Outlook has an update. Google Chrome has an update, right? You're getting these all the time. So if you're really tech savvy, you install all the updates, interrupting your workflow, the rest of your staff probably just ignores them and doesn't keep everything up to date. So it takes care of the updates. It does monitoring. So your hard drive, your memory, um, you know, your hard drive space, all kinds of different things that actually have flags, you know, under the hood that you could actually find out about issues before they turn into bigger issues. Okay. And then it also runs the maintenance, so it keeps your system running well, has little reminders that everyone on your team gets that says, hey, you haven't logged out in a few days, log out at the end of the day. And so all this stuff happens uh, when you log out at the end of the day, so it keeps everything up to date. So I, I think that's going to be a really big time saver. You just put it on your computer, forget about it, and it takes care of all that aspect. So that's that's one piece, and that's going to be available to you know a single attorney with one Mac. You know, as far as 15, 20 user law firms that have someone in house that they feel good about. That you know, we had a company with fifty Mac users. They went around and installed Microsoft Office individually with a flash drive, <laughs> right on each computer one by one. And then the second thing we're going to be working and releasing in a few weeks here is a the the first course we're going to do is how to start up a Mac based law firm blueprint. So it's literally going to be everything that we've documented and connected and created in the past 10 years, really summarized and simplified and handed to the the solo attorney or small firm that's starting out and says, hey, here's all the play-by-play of what you need to do, right? Hardware, software, technology, security, all that stuff. So I'm really excited about that piece. Uh, And then after this course, we'll have some other different courses of taking all the experience we have and that we provide to our law firms with 10 or more attorneys. And it's going to be a play-by-play on how to implement this in smaller firms. So really excited about that. And then the the later thing, later this year when we get to it, we've got our work cut out for us, is we're going to create a membership community for Mac-using attorneys. So something like it's going to have a deep dive on a specific topic every month. It's going to have a Q&A with one of our tech experts. You know, we, we've written hundreds of documents that we have, you know, behind the scenes for all different unique scenarios that law firms need, uh, you know, Mac-based law firms, how to do this, how to do that. So we've got a tremendous amount of documentation. And what I was really racking my brain when I had that eureka moment about how do I provide more value to the do-it-yourself attorneys? And we're going to systematically take the information and, and kind of the IP, right, that we've created in the back end and bring it, you know, to to the marketplace. 
That's awesome. You're going to be a busy man this year. I hope you got those bulldogs doing some data entry for you. Yes. Well, my, my kids are going to start working soon. My, my oldest one just turned eight. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find some ways to put her to work. <laughs> Better than the mines. Um, all right. I want to finish up with a sort of personal question here as well. You can cook, which I think is fantastic because I can't cook worth a damn. Like my favorite, my flavor palette is basically like burnt. My kids are always like, your food's always burnt. So what's your favorite current recipe? I'll answer that in a minute, but th- there's always hope, Jared. I hope uh, so. Growing up and throughout college, you know, my, my everyone in my family cooked. Uh, they always made fun of me that they said I didn't know how to boil water. You know, my, my college dish was uh, egg drop soup, which was top ramen with an egg cracked in it. You know, that was like fancy cooking. Sounds delightful. Um, so I, I was a late bloomer uh, when it came to cooking. Uh, my favorite recipe right now is garlic braised short ribs with a red wine uh, sauce in my new trusty Le Crusette uh, Dutch oven. Wow. It's delicious. I, I, yeah. That sounds amazing. Now, most days with four kids, it's simply get food on the plate. Um, so I, I don't get to do my fancy cooking most days, but uh, I, right. I definitely enjoy it when I get to it. Yeah. So like, as I said before, I'm not like, I try to avoid like the Caillou's of the world, the Thomas the Tank engines. So occasionally I show my kids like movie clips and they've been into like uh-huh. Austin Powers lately. So nice. <laughs> my wife was making like salmon um, the other day and my daughter turns to her and she says, and my daughter's four and she says, uh, what are we having tonight? And she says, salmon. And my daughter looks at her and says, are they ill tempered? (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's a win for me as a parent. I feel like. Very nice. (laughs) I think that's a good note to end on. I think so. We've reached the end of yet another episode of the legal toolkit podcast. This was the podcast about Macs and the Law, and we've been talking with Tom Lambot of Global Mac IT. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So thanks again to Tom Lambot of Global Mac IT for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Tom, we talked about some of the cool things you got coming out. So how can people find out more about you and about Global Mac IT? So the best way for our Mac using or Mac curious listeners to connect is to download a freebie report that I talked about earlier with nine security tips for Mac using attorneys at globalmacit.com forward slash the number nine T-I-P-S. That's nine tips. So once you're on our list, we'll keep you up to date with new solutions we're working on for this year and all the things I talked about. Awesome. Thanks again. That was Tom Lambot of Global Mac IT. Finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit Podcast, where we can often be found causing confusion and delay. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.
If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.